I'm Ben Davies, and this is The Clear Money Mindset. A lot of people have two unique passwords, maybe three unique passwords, and yep. every password they use on every website is just a combination of that, right? So, so now your, your attack surface is pretty big. Welcome to The Clear Money Mindset, providing you with help and tips to manage your money in a clear and intentional way. I'm your host and financial advisor, Ben Davies. At Davies Financial Sterling Mutuals, we want to provide you with meaningful tips to help you with your money. Welcome to part two of our discussion with Chris Martin on cybersecurity as we look at what you can do to keep your information safe in a digital world. If you missed part one, I'd really highly encourage you to go back and listen to it before you listen to part two. Chris is a staff software engineer at Mozilla Firefox. His unique experience gives us some really cool insights into the world of cybersecurity. He gives us some stories of what goes on behind the scenes that we do not know, and some simple ways that we can stop our information from getting hacked, stolen, taken over. I really enjoyed my discussion with Chris. He has a breadth of knowledge in this industry, and I know you're gonna find part two very entertaining and informative. Just again, by way of disclaimer, even though Chris works with Mozilla Firefox, the opinions he expresses today are his opinions and they don't necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Mozilla Firefox. We hope you enjoy part two of an interesting discussion on cybersecurity. So we're in this world, we're all going onto our computers kind of ignorantly, like all of this kind of, I guess, protecting defending slash attacking is going on behind the scenes. <laughs> yes. um, I guess the biggest question is how does the regular person, apart from, you know, you're, you're working there trying to protect, protect this uh, internet browser. Every company's trying to protect their own software, but then there's us. It's like what you know, we're pretty vulnerable just by virtue of ignorance. Yeah, so yeah, what do, sure. what does the regular Joe do to, especially, you know, kind of circling back to the fact that, you know, we're in the financial world and people want to know how to keep their stuff safe. How do we protect ourselves? What are some things we can do to make sure we stay safe? Yeah. And that's, that is always the, uh, <laughs> that is always the, the, at the end of the day, right? The important question, the most important question, I think. Um, so, I mean, I would say one of the first things that people can do is like to, you know, you, you have a bunch of people like myself and, and, and even people that are, are much more, you know, expert, expert level security people than me. Um, you can help make our, our, our jobs easier uh, to protect you. Right. <laughs> and like, when, you know, things that you can do like that are, you know, simple things like keeping your software up to date, especially, especially software that you're going to be that connects to the internet, you know, yeah. probably the, the three most important pieces of software on your computer that you should keep up to date are um, probably your, your web browser is definitely one of them, yeah. uh, your operating system, and probably your email client, basically, right? If you use, you know... So I shouldn't uh, be mad that Microsoft <laughs> wants to update again. I, I, we're all mad about it, but it <laughs> needs to be done. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I mean, there, there's, you know, like... If you're still one of these people, I mean, I loved Windows Seven. I mean, we all love Windows Seven. Like we can all we can all kind of you know play a sad song on the on the, the you know that it's gone. Yeah. Shed a shed a tear for it. Uh, it was a great operating system, right? But if you're still using Windows Seven right now, 
you should not be like going anywhere near a bank with with Windows Seven right now. Like that is <laughs> that is you should not you should not be going if you're on Windows Seven and you're on, and you're on you know TD.com or CIBC.com or whatever. Give your head a shake. You know, hit that you're X button. Safe. Go use a computer that has that's got a that has a you know has Windows Ten on it. Because uh, the problem is is that Microsoft hasn't patched Windows Seven now in in years, right? And right. so um, basically, you know, these these same people that uh went and collected you know like so they these same people that find these exploits these bugs in windows right they were just sitting there waiting for the day when microsoft stopped patching windows 7 right they had you know a stack of a stack of bugs and exploits in windows 7 this big just waiting till the day when microsoft said that they were going to stop fixing those things right and then as soon as as soon as microsoft says we're done no more you know no more long-term support well you as you can imagine they just they just went and unleashed wow. all of it right on the world right and so so these things are just floating all over windows 7 now spyware key loggers all of this sort of stuff just waiting for you to type in your bank password just waiting huh. for you to you know some of that like the some of the software they, they can do all kinds of various things from watching every letter you type to just straight up being able to see what's on your screen anytime they want to right That's crazy. so they so you're e-banking on windows 7 now and you know somebody could just literally be watching you know your screen seeing what you see on your own monitor basically through the computer right and and like that's the level of hacked windows 7 is now right so so you should not be using windows 7 that's good information i'm sure there's a lot of people out there who still are yes uh office is another fine you know if you're using outlook which a lot of people use outlook as their email client another piece of sensitive software right like all it takes is for you to open up a piece of junk mail sent by somebody who means you harm you know if you're using outlook 2010 still that hasn't that doesn't get patched anymore right so if somebody's discovered that outlook 2010's got a bug in it you know i i i get it like we all we all hate you know having to go buy the new shiny office every time microsoft releases it right and you say like you know office 2010 gets the job done and i why should i why should i have to shell out money to go pay for this new thing and i would love to tell you like you know stick it to the man screw microsoft you know (laughs) (laughs) like i don't want to pay that money either if you're using Outlook for your email client, you have to. Yeah. Okay. Like period, basically, right? So, um, so update your OS. Yes, update your OS. Update, update your, your internet browser, and then update Office if you use it. Yes, um, those are probably the three big. Uh, like, but that's that's you making aren't making the lives of the people of the software engineers who try to protect you easier, right? But then because right, you're taking advantage yes. of the work you're doing right now based on. Yes. What you're aware of right now. So what about another another thing? I'm sure this is on your list. Passwords. Yeah. <laughs> passwords. So <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Good password. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> I mean, I guess if I were uh <laughs> yeah, if I if I wanted everybody to like I mean I no, might I might use it as my Netflix password. <laughs> <laughs> um it's probably not good enough for much more than that, I would say. Um yeah, I I, I mean the problem with passwords, right, is so passwords were never like a great solution, right? They were the least crappy solution that we had at the time that the concept was was made, right? Okay. And um, uh, unfortunately, they've they've probably overstayed their welcome like a lot longer than they should have. And we keep finding ways of making them more secure. Um, but the problem is, is that we're now like at a point, right, where computers are so fast that they can guess 
any password that you could probably like memorize or, or would want to use in an absurd an absurdly fast amount of time right i mean i have i wrote down some some stats here which i think people you know just to give you an idea like how fast is fast right well um let's say that you know a, you've got so this is just an off-the-shelf computer you can go buy parts for you know uh you can go buy parts for at uh, best buy or whatever right okay. put this together yourself and use it as a as a password to start you know cracking uh was it and i think basically it can be like this so if you have a password that only has eight characters in it and it's a mix of uppercase lowercase and numbers so you know a lot of people would say okay that's pretty good uppercase lowercase numbers no symbols yet right yeah. but and eight characters long you think it's one hour for a computer to crack that password, right? So, like, how confident are you, you know, like, in your to use that for your bank account? So, an hour, like, an hour. Does that does it need prior information? Like, it knew what you're like. Oh, that's without prior information, right? Oh, if you if it has prior information, oh man, like that's really? not even seconds. An hour? Has, yeah, an hour. That's brute force. So that's just trying every combination that it can try because they're it's just so fast now. Huh. The computers are so powerful, right? And and uh, I mean, that's not going to get any better with the advent of quantum computing, which allows them to guess at rates that are just uh, obscene, right? Compared to what they, they had. That's they crazy. I wouldn't now, have right? thought it, I would have thought you'd say an hour based on, Hey, it knew the password you used last month and tried a bunch of variations and got in, which I think is the next, you know, kind of, uh, so there's a lot of stats out there that kind of show what you more or less just said, right? Which is that, um, you know, a lot of people like there's, there's, statistics showing that a super majority of people, right? They have maybe three like unique passwords that they use in some combination for almost all of their logins basically, right? So it's usually two or three unique passwords and every other password that they make is that, like one of those combined with either each other or some piece of publicly available information about themselves, like their phone, like the last four digits of their phone sure. number, their address, their yep. last name, their their mother's maiden, you know, these yep. types of things, right? Um, yeah, so unfortunately, that's not going to cut it anymore. <laughs> it used to, that used to be like, a, that used to be an okay strategy. It's not anymore. Um, like hackers are onto this and this is, you know, um, so basically a, a lot of this, a lot of the way that people get hacked now is not necessarily that they they try to target you specifically, right? It's more or less the digital equivalent of people just going door to door and just kind of giving you know your front door handle a jiggle, right? Just you want it's to, open. just to see if it's open. Just let's you know, is does this person lock their door or not, right? And you know, there and so a lot of these are these they're kind of these these wide broad attacks, you know, like shallow, and they just they they basically try to gather information about you, and then they go do. They just kind of take this information that they have, you know, it might be like you, you, you know, got a, I don't know, like a subway club card or something like that. Right. And then like, you know, when you got your subway club card, you filled out some form that had your name and your address and your phone number and all this stuff on it. Right. Well, you know, subways engineers, you know, maybe they, maybe they don't value security as seriously as Google does. Right. Right. And so, so, you know, and they, and they might be, they might be part of a database breach, right? A database breach that you probably never knew, knew happened. Right. Cause yeah. you know, it received very little press, not, you know, normal, most people don't like sit there and spend all their time on hacker news reading about, you know, like what got, what got hacked and what didn't. Right. right. So, um, you know, so you're, so, so, and now they know, you know, Ben Davies lives at this address, you know, has this phone number, 
whatever like subway i guess like, i don't know maybe they know what sandwiches i don't you know, whatever other information right so and it's like and then sometimes that same information you know they'll go hack some other database you know maybe your your shoppers drug mart optimum car right right gets hacked and they like hey look it's a guy named ben davies same address same phone number but now we have this other purchase history of them maybe your shoppers optimum card has a little bit more info about you right and so they're able to build up together pull all this information right into a database and that's what they do they they go and they collect and so then what happens is is they they go and they look inside of their database pool all this pooled information that they have and they say all right who do we have a lot of information about basically right and then once they get to a certain threshold where they say you know i'll bet you we got enough information about this person that we can attack them basically right and so and so then that's what they do so this is kind of one of those herd things where this almost ends up being you know you don't got to be the fastest antelope you just don't you just can't be the slowest slowest. (laughs) (laughs) and and so this is kind of this is i think what a lot of this protecting yourself from from broad attacks is kind of about right is you just don't be the slowest antelope right don't be the person that they're able to collect the most information about um and certainly like one of the ways that they that they do that now is they'll then take your your address, your phone number, this sort of stuff and your passwords that you used for your your you know your account on your on subway.com or your right. account on your 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 login information for your shoppers drug mart, you know, optimum thing, right? So they'll they'll take that information and they'll be like, hey, he used uh, this password for Shoppers Drug Mart Optimum. I wonder if he used that same password for this other thing, right? And so they'll take that same password. And, you know, what would be even worse is like, let's say that you are one of these people that uses two unique passwords for everything and you used one for Subway and you used the other for Shoppers Drug Mart, right? And so now they've they've got the two the two routes that you use to generate all of your passwords, right? And so now they're going to try that on your email address. They're going to try that on your bank account. They're going to try that on any, anything that they, that they can associate with you basically, right? Your Facebook, you know, get on your Facebook and then start, you know, like holding the information that's on their hostage or just, just, you know, try to make hell of your life or, or just use it to mine more information about you. What do you do about that though? Because the other thing I mean, we find that increasingly hard in this job because there's so many institutions and you have to change your password every three months with a lot of places. Ugh. How do you... Which, which, by the way, is actually considered to be bad security practice by modern modern security really? engineers. Yeah, unintuitive unintuitive uh, thing here, right? But Because uh, it used to be that everybody just assumed that, like, oh, change your password every, every three months. That way, if it gets hacked, that, uh, you know... But now, what we've realized is that that actually encourages people to just use... You know, if your if your password was you know, uh, you know, Ben is cool one, then you're just gonna be, you're Ben is cool, you know Ben that? is cool how one, you know ben, ben is then Ben is cool two, Ben is cool three, Ben is cool four, right? That's so like me. you because we know you're not gonna change it to a completely different password every single time, right? You're right. just gonna take that same password and add a one or because two. You're or trying three, to right? remember. That's the thing. So, so is are there some things you can do? I know. Um, you probably have some info on this, but two-factor <laughs> authentication is a new annoying thing. Now I, I put my it. password in and wait for, to get a text <laughs> message or an email, but is that a oh, solid way of protecting yourself? I'm, I'm glad you glad you brought it up and went into it because I, I mean I'm not just gonna I'm not just gonna tell you that that's a good way to do it. I'm, I'm gonna tell you that like it is the way to do it at this point, basically, right? Um, so the problem ultimately with passwords is that like let's say that you are you know you do all the right things with your password, you know you make this on for this this completely like on you know what's the right word like unguessable 
32 character long password that's got symbols and characters and letters and numbers and you know, yeah, everything yeah. in it, right? And you're proud of this thing. And, and you know, you never tell it to anybody. You don't write it on a post-it and stick it to your monitor. You know, you maybe write it on a piece of paper and you put that paper in a safe in the bank. And that's like all you, you know, that, <laughs> that's in case like something happens and you forget it or, or that sort of thing, right? And like you've done all the right things. But the problem is, is that all it takes to defeat that is you having a keylogger on your computer. Right. So like if you have a keylogger on your computer or, you know, any sort of like virus on your computer that's able to like scan your memory and see that password as it's being as it's being typed in, sure. you've you've now defeated that. Right. And and it was it's so it's it's too easy. Uh, and so, you know, we say now that like I'd I'd rather any of, you know, your your listeners, I'd rather any of them use 2FA and a mediocre password. I mean, not a crappy one, but a 2FA and a mediocre password beats a long unforgettable password any day of the week hmm. right and, and and just the reason for that and so 2fa uh you know i mean hopefully hopefully people are kind of familiar with it at all but basically the idea is that the two factors are supposed to be two different types of information right so so they right. use the terms something you know something you have something you are right yeah. and so these are the and so so something you know might be a password right so that's right. that's the first factor of it right uh, you know but um, once you, and you have to use, it has to be unique from each of those things. So two things that, you know, suffer from the same problem as one thing that, you know, which is that a keylogger can defeat them. Right. I mean, two passwords doesn't buy you anything that, that one longer password wouldn't have bought you. Right. Basically. Right? If they're watching every keystroke. <laughs> if they're watching every, matter. yeah, then it, it doesn't matter. Right. But at least if they're watching every keystroke and you also have to have, so let's say the something you have, uh, I mean, often these days, the something you have is your cell phone, cell phone. right? Yeah. A lot of people have their cell phone on them. And so at least now the person has to find a way to get a keylogger on your computer and to get a hold of your cell phone. Right? right. So so now you've 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 greatly increased the amount of work that a target has to do in order to break in, right? And uh, you know, if it was just one thing, if it was just something you have, you leave your cell phone, you know, you accidentally leave it somewhere you know, on a on a bench in the mall or whatever, basically, and now they have access to your bank account just by virtue of having your cell phone, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's not great, right? But if you have at least the two factor authentication, then now it's you have two things that they have to be able to somehow come up with. Right. Well, that's, and that's, and so that's the, that is the like way to protect yourself now. So right? if you and can get to FA on anything, even though it's annoying, you got to get a text message. You should just go and enable it right now. Absolutely. Um, and the, at the very least, at the very least, um, your bank, your email, those, those two things probably, and I'll, I'm, I'll talk about a third and one thing that you should use it on definitely in a second, but definitely the bank and the email, right? So the bank, because it's your bank, I mean, right. you know, yeah. you, that's, and I hate to say, but a lot of Canadian banks were way too slow to, to get this now. Um, and they've done a bad job of selling it to you, right? I mean, you know, you probably have, you know, your email, whether it's through Gmail or Hotmail or whoever does it. And they probably at some point popped up a thing saying, hey, do you want to enable 2FA on your account? We recommend that you use this, right? Yeah. Where's the bank doing that, right? I mean, I've logged on to like TD.com how many times and I've never I've never had them be like, hey, turn, I had to go into the settings myself and turn on 2FA, right? Yeah. And I'm like, this should not be the case for something that's as important as my bank account. I mean, thank God we have insurance and stuff like that in Canada, but like... Yeah, but the, <laughs> sometimes the, like once that stuff gets compromised, it's hard to get it back. Like even, even social insurance number, like once that's out there, you can't get a new one. So you just wind up monitoring your credit for the rest of your life. And uh, yeah, so... Creepy. If you, if you could change something quickly to stop that, that would be... 
Yeah. So Good. The, the, the 2FA is going to be like a big deal. Any, when, and any 2FA is better than none. 2FA even has a pecking order within it, basically, right? So like some things are better than others. Okay. Um, ironically, one of the one of the best forms of 2FA is actually is is also the most convenient, which is kind of nice when that when that works out. But um, unfortunately, it's not super well supported yet. Um, uh, we use it at Mozilla, basically, right? So if I want to, let's say that I wanted to log on to my email on your computer here, right? Yeah. So I, I go, I enter my Mozilla password in, and then what it's going to do is it sends a, a push notification to my phone, and it's just, are you trying to log on to a computer at you know right. Ben Davies' office right now? I push, yeah, I am, basically on my phone, and boom, now all of a sudden I'm allowed to log on to your computer, right? And then it'll remember that, so if I ever use your computer again in the future, I can say like, I trust this computer. Yeah, so you're not having the, to do it know. every single day. It's nice, right? And so that's and so that's actually pretty convenient. You just got to pick up your phone, hit a button, basically, right? That that's nicer than the second most secure one, which is when you got to pull up like Google Authenticator. You know, there's like a rolling yeah. code that changes every second, yep. and you got to enter that in. And so that that's called um, uh, was it time? Was it something like? T- I can't remember. It's basically it's time based. I can't remember TOTP is the. I can't remember exactly what it stands for off the top of my head right now but basically time-based uh codes yeah you got 30 (laughs) seconds to use this code or you need a new one yeah exactly right and i mean it's it's inconvenient but still and then the worst one unfortunately again still better than o2fa so like i don't i would never discourage them uh the text message one is all right the problem with text messaging is that it's um uh there's this thing called sim swapping where if you if somebody wants to specifically target you they can use social engineering to get like a hold of your of your SIM card and receive all the text messages that you receive. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you're being specifically targeted, that's exactly. a little bit less secure than the others. But again, that that applies more to the spear phishing type of attacks, right? And not yeah. so much the like the you know just casting a net and to see what. Now I know in, right? this like, may be a rabbit trail, but I know <laughs> biometrics is becoming a, a big big thing. Yes. But I mean, this phone. This phone looks at my face and goes, "Hey, that's you." Yeah, I don't <laughs> like, it, I'm right? sorry so, you had to see this every day, Apple. Yeah, I know. I I'm so. <laughs> um, is yeah. A lot of people have problems with that because the the thought there is, um, I, I like, do, yeah. are they remembering my fingerprint? And now is is all somebody going to have to do is get a hold of an imprint of that, and then like everything I have is done as well. So, yeah. Biometrics is it safer? Is it safe? Yeah, I mean, yes, it, it's generally quite safe. Like the facial recognition thing, uh, it's it's better than a password. I'll say that much, right? So like, you know, if your two factors are your face and uh, 2FA, for example, right? Then that's, yeah. that's more secure than a password and, 2F, and, and you know, uh, a, the rolling code or whatever, yep. right? Certainly it's harder to fake a face than a password. Uh, that's true. It, it's very involved. Um, uh, you know, uh I think the other half of that, though, is probably you're asking more from the privacy sense, right? Yeah, like people being worried that now, like, however it's scanning my face and remembering me, if that must be saved somewhere. And if they could get where that's saved, then they could replicate it and get into my stuff. Yes. Um, and I, I would say that that's a, a very valid fear uh, for people. I, I, I'm not going to tell you that I... I I can't guarantee you that that's true, unfortunate or, or, or false, basically, right? Yeah. The, you know, the root issue is that, so unlike Firefox, right, um, most of the software that we're all running on our, on our cell phones is closed source software, right? So that means that you have to trust that the person that's making the software for you does the things that they say they're doing, right? So like, for example, Apple's claim is that my, when they scan my face, right, that they don't, 
they don't actually take my face, they say, and upload the dimensions to their their server over at apple.com or whatever, right? So right. what they say is that all of the processing for that happens on the phone and doesn't leave the phone, and that basically they the only information that they send to their servers is this post process where the phone kind of takes the information, makes a little bit of decisions about it, scrambles it a bit, makes it so that it like it can't be like reversed basically. And only then would they like send it to their own servers basically, right? Uh So they say they do that. Now, whether or not you believe that and you believe that like, you know, I'm I'm a believer, I'm sure you are well being in finance, right? That companies are going to act in their own financial self-interest, right? There that's that's just that's unfortunately the nature of the game that we're all playing right <laughs> and so you know they're going to act in their their financial interest and so like the, the question you have to ask yourself is uh you know what is more in apple's financial interest they don't make money off advertising they don't really like have a reason to like go sell your your facial data to you know the highest bidder um sort of thing um whereas they have a lot to lose in my opinion if people were to find out that they're that they've lied and that yeah, they're you and, don't, you don't want to be whistleblowers a plenty right yeah, so, you don't want to I mean, be winning awards to of uh, having the most unsafe phone out there yes <laughs> exactly get people to buy it exactly right so that's so to me that's that's kind of i think how i rationalize that yeah, in yeah. my mind that makes um, sense. you know I, I i could be wrong and i think like none of us will ever we may not know for sure like what you know, what goes on in behind in dark rooms and behind closed doors. I mean, this is why myself, like I, 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 one of the, one of the reasons I always wanted to work at like Mozilla on Firefox is it is a piece of open source software, right? So you don't have to trust me that I didn't build a backdoor into, into Firefox, right? Any, any like software engineers all over the world can just go audit Firefox's code anytime they want to. Anybody who, anybody who has a little bit of computer know-how and, you know, a, a, a web browser or a, you know, a, a internet connection. They can download and inspect Firefox's source code. They can build Firefox themselves if they don't trust the way that I've built it, right? Like, let's say huh. that they let's say that they think, oh, you know, you probably built Firefox, and then after it was built, you put a you know a keylogger into it so you could take over my computer. You know, right. Fine, build it yourself. You're allowed <laughs> to. I mean, there's nothing stopping you. We even have instructions for how you can do it, right? And cool. we we also have instructions for how you know, like we're working towards this idea that even if you build Firefox yourself, that the thing that you build will look exactly the same as ours. So you can even call BS on us publicly if you go and you build Firefox and your and the the Firefox that you build looks somehow different than the one that we build. You might think to yourself like, oh, there's some tricks going on here, right there. They're adding, yeah. they're adding some secret sauce into Firefox that the rest of us don't know about, right? Well, we're not. And that's, that's the point of this, right? Is that we want, we want you to believe us that we are not doing anything to Firefox. We're not spying on you. We don't collect information. We got no reason to, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so the other, the other big player, of course, in the cell phone game is uh, Google, right? With, the, with Android, of course. And yep. um, in terms of privacy, this is where I do have a little bit more of a problem rationalizing that they don't, you know, have. So unfortunately for them, they have conflicting financial incentives here, basically, right? Unlike Apple, Google makes a lot of its money advertising, selling data to to other companies, right? This is their, it's their bread and butter, right? I mean, they, I, I'll, I'll say, they take security very seriously. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to throw Google under the bus and say like, oh, they don't, they don't care about security. They like your, you know, I mean. They're, they're good at both protecting your information in the sense that they don't like other companies being able to like steal it, but right. that doesn't necessarily, but that doesn't mean that they don't, 
they, they, they leave themselves like a lot of leeway on what they're, on what they themselves are allowed to do with it basically. Right. Well, it is definitely <laughs> weird. We see this sometimes where you're like, you're having a conversation. We have some Google phones in the office. I don't know if it'd be any different on Apple and uh, like, what do I know? But <laughs> you like start scrolling Facebook and the thing that you were talking about or the product you were mentioning shows up as an ad and you're like, huh, yeah. that's a little, that's a little weird. Yes. You mentioned a third thing. So uh, a third type of security. I'm not sure where Sorry. we had passwords, two-factor authentication, and then there was a third thing you the, said. So the third thing is also very important and kind of kind of goes back to the what we were talking about earlier, right? Which is that a lot of people have two unique passwords, maybe three unique passwords, and yep. every password they use on every website is just a combination of that, right? So so now your your attack surface is pretty big basically if you do that right like all it takes is for any of these you know you've got if you've got that password in all kinds of uh you've got it in all kinds of different systems and if any one of those systems is compromised you've now potentially compromised all of them Everything. right in a domino effect and you especially don't want to compromise your email uh uh you're you know i mean obviously your banking information as well but the problem is is that your email tends to kind of be a, a you know a linchpin in your in your online life right yeah, yeah. um in that you know how many times if you if you go to you know uh, uh, Facebook and say I forgot my password, what's Facebook gonna do? They're gonna send you an email. They're gonna send you an email and to reset your password, right? And so once that once they've got your email, they they just go to all of your different accounts online, type in your email address because like your Facebook login might even be your email address <laughs> too, right? So now they've got your email address and. They and they're and and they're and they've got control of your email, so they just go to Facebook. This is my email address, and and I forgot my password, right? Oh, we've sent your password to your email, reset password, and now they've got your Facebook, right? And now they've got your shoppers optimum, and now they've got you know all this other information, right? You know, hopefully not, but you know, they've got maybe your CRA login, right? Right, you know, and now we're talking, you know, now the stakes are are raised here. Well, that's another one you should use 2FA on, by the way. Yeah, CRA. CRA. You're all Canadian if you listen to this, probably. CRA has it. 2FA. They're getting pretty intentional in making you choose that. I think you might yeah. even be forced to now. Good. CRA. Uh, good. Uh, so anyway, so I got off on a tangent there, oh, as, I, as I'm known to do. Um, but uh, uh, so the solution to that is a password manager basically, right? So uh, they have one password, LastPass. Um, there's a free one out there called Bitwarden, which is actually free and open source software, okay. as I was describing. Um, I mean, I, I again, I'm an advocate of free, of free open source software, but I, I do intrinsically trust that one password and LastPass, they, they do what they say they're doing. I think that it's I think that it's in all of their financial interest to do do Make the sure thing that they say it. they That's are. That's right? kind of your so, one business proposition is keeping everybody's password safe. So if you're not yeah. doing that, you're kind, of, you're kind of screwed. There really aren't conflicting objectives for no. that company, right? So so I do I do tend to trust that they're doing the thing they say they're So doing. when you're using that, Chris, are you saying like make your one password, make it good, but then are, would you be an advocate of letting like let's say LastPass create all of the other passwords within it. So don't use any of, don't use any of your big three inside of LastPass. Let it make it for everything. Exactly. Every every single so like and and I, I live this in my life. So like I, this is coming from somebody who really does do the thing. <laughs> yep. You know I mean I 
I don't, I can't think of a single logon I have that I can almost like even remember, like that I, I could, I could remember or pronounce the password for, right? I mean, all of my logins for almost everything in my life now are a random string of upper and lowercase and characters and long digits and, you know, punctuation and everything yeah. that I, I could not tell you right now what the password is to log on to my email. I was going to ask your TD yeah, login, like, but yeah, I guess I won't. <laughs> sorry. I, could, I couldn't tell you if I wanted to. Couldn't tell you if I wanted to. Uh, yeah. And, 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 so, and so I do, I do live that, that truth, right? That, uh, and a lot of these password managers, they support 2FA, by the way, right? So, yes. so same argument that your, you know, again, your password shouldn't be the, the first or last line of defense for your password manager either. I mean, yeah. especially, so the idea is, of course, you know, that this, this password manager is able to generate a different password for every website. So now you've, you've eliminated this property that one website being compromised compromises your entire online life now, right? And that is that is the that is what we want to cut at the head, right? Yeah. That's the property that we want to get rid of. So they get into <laughs> your last pass or they get into your login, um, like the password holder, if, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Yeah, it's a database of passwords. But that's the only thing they've gotten into oh, necessarily, yes. right? They, yeah, you sorry. can change your password on that if they don't have, if you have 2FA and you get that email or you get that text and you're like, that was not me. You just go change that and you haven't lost everything. Yes, exactly. And and so now it's just that one password's been compromised. And you know, if that's your if that's your subway club card or your PC optimum. Who cares? Yeah. I mean who cares? I mean it sucks that you lost your optimum points. I, I feel bad for you. But <laughs> you know I mean uh but you know, uh it's not it's not your entire online life falling to pieces, right? And yeah. And there are there are real stories of this, right? I, I mean, um uh, a, a good example actually of this, right. Was, um, if you remember like back in 2014, right. There was this hack of a bunch of celebrity nude photos, right. That ended up on the internet, right. Yeah. Their iCloud accounts got hacked. Right. And then the, all these nudes of all these celebrities like ended up on the internet. Right. A lot of the newspapers didn't like really go into a lot of detail about how the hack happened. Right. A lot of people are under the impression that this hack happened because of like you know, something like, cause Apple had like this big security problem or a break in or something like that. But no, they actually got in because they, they, because as it turns out, a lot of celebrities, it's very like, it's very easy to find out what their mother's maiden name is and what their dog's name is. Yeah. Um, you know, their, fa- their first pet, like things like that. It's actually a lot of this information is very easy to find out about a celebrity. Right. And so they never guessed their passwords. They didn't have to, right? They said, I forgot my password and guessed their mother's maiden name and their dogs, you know. <laughs> so, like, it's not... It's it had, just listed for anyone just, to get. just listed because it's, it's, you're a celebrity and it's public information, right? So, I mean, I often, like, I, I kind of joke with people, right, that if you, if you really want to, like, increase the security and you know that you're using a service that does that, then, you know, your mother's maiden name is J3TLPQ, <laughs> you know, 70R. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's your mother's maiden name from now on, right? Because yep. it's, uh, uh, I mean, uh, that's a, and that's a fine example of, of kind of, you know, going, uh, an exploit that goes around, like, it circumvents the, the, the main security problem, right? right? Yeah. I mean, it's perfect, right? It's, that's the kind of social engineering at its best in a lot of ways, right? Yes. And, like, be proud of that. <laughs> so, well, yeah. <laughs> I think to abbreviate our conversation, yeah. um, number one, there's a lot going on in the cyber world of, of, of people trying to exploit, get your information for their own benefit or for the benefit of others. So that's one thing. It's out there, but not to like freak out because there's also 
like a whole team of people who are building the things that we use every day, who are working every day just as hard as those on the other side to make what they're selling safe because it's in their business interest to do so. Absolutely. But at the same time, there's a lot of really simple things we can do to help those who are helping us like update windows, update your web browser, update your passwords, use 2FA and have your passwords all inside of a password manager so that they're not the same three you have. Um, And combining all of those things, you don't necessarily, I think it's fair to say, you don't have to be afraid in an online world. You just have to be smart with that kind of summarize our conversation today i think in a lot of in a lot of ways that does for sure right i mean it uh now yeah, is there any <laughs> burning piece of information that, that in all that we've gone through that you're like if i could t- leave people with one thing it'd be this yeah uh probably the piece of information like it, assuming that you do take my advice and you you you're like hey let's do 2fa password manager yeah all of that right um the the piece of advice i'm going to li- leave with you with is that um the way in which we all create passwords right now uh, and a lot of the advice that you've heard on how you should create passwords is not, it doesn't, it's not good anymore. Right. And that, um, uh, you know, a lot like uh, a, a popular thing that people do is this like lead speak thing where they think that if you replace the E's with threes and you replace the, the yeah. I's with ones and like this sort of thing that buys you the, so now like hackers, ha- hackers have been wise to that probably for the last decade and a half or so basically and so that buys you microseconds of time when like an algorithm is trying to hack into (laughs) right so i mean uh trying to be clever like like that i I would just i would give up on the lead speak altogether and focus instead on making a password that is that is long and difficult to guess and that's and and that's what should be protecting your your password manager basically right so your password manager has your unguessable password in it it should be a good one and I, i i have some some advice for people, I guess, on like what I think is a good way to like generate some passwords, basically, right? Like make good ones. All right, so like I'll give you uh, an example, right? Of like, so if I were to say to you, you know, like that my password, you know, is IDCTMFM semicolon MCBML exclamation mark. You're like, okay, that's a that's a hard password to guess. It's long. It's got characters in it. There's a semicolon in there randomly, you know, all this sort of stuff like, you know, so you might say that, but then when I tell you that that's the first letter for in the words, I don't care too much for money, semicolon money can't buy me love exclamation mark, then all of a sudden it becomes clear, right? That that was not very difficult for me to, you know, or like I might say to you, you know, T O S S F M dot, dot, dot space, O-G-L-F-M period. And you're like, okay, that's that garbage password. Well, for, again, the first letters of that's one small step for man, dot, 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 one giant leap for mankind, period. Right? And so these types of things. So pick a pick something that speaks to you, you know, a volume from a book that you really like, you know, Moby Dick or whatever. Call yeah. me Ishmael. I don't know. You know, you know, a passage from a poem you like or a song you like or something like that. Right. And just take the same, take the first letter from every, every word in that, or, you know, and include some punctuation in it basically, you know, like make sure it's got, I mean, commas are nice, but you know, I mean, so it's a trigger for you, but it's completely random for someone else, completely relevant for somebody else. Right. And like, that'll allow you to get a password that's nice and long, you know, like, cause like length beats complexity any day of the week. Huh? Yeah. Like I, I, you, you're better off to have a 20 character long password that is just all lowercase numbers or lowercase letters than you are to have an eight 
character password that has all the the digits and the symbols and everything right <laughs> like the length is just because and it just it has to do with the way that exponential math works it just that's <laughs> unfortunately it is just the way that it's the way that exponents work right so, so <laughs> wrapping it up i think we could say long passwords are the key or one of them to good security definitely use two-factor authentication and don't tell your friend your password <laughs> uh, chris this has been really good and you did a great job of taking probably what's a lot more complex uh, you didn't make it sound that way this will be great for our listeners to tune into thanks for thank joining you. us today thank you and uh yeah, you're welcome it's been it's been nice being here <laughs> it's been great to have you Thanks for listening to The Clear Money Mindset. We at Davies Financial Sterling Mutuals are here to help you thrive with your finances. You can find us online at daviesfinancial.ca. For help with your personal finances, you can email us at office at daviesfinancial.ca. The opinions expressed are those of the participants and are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Sterling Mutuals, Inc. Mutual funds provided through Sterling Mutuals, Inc. Commissions, trailer commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the simplified prospectus before investing. Mutual funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated.